I've been married almost 30 years. Any of y'all ever been married 30 years? The one thing that my wife taught me to, to do was not to think. Okay? Now, after church, all right, we want to have, we want to sing happy birthday to Jesus. And for you that are Spanish, I even bought a special cake for you. Okay? All right? Just a little special. It's not happy birthday, Jesus, but it's close. All right? So here's what we need. As soon as joy to the world is over at the end, I need all the parents to run and get their kids and come on back. Okay? We'll wait on you. Get your children. Come on back. And then we're going to sing happy birthday to Jesus. Now, you see, the reason I ask this is because if it doesn't go well, see, it was my idea. I thought. Okay? And the bottom line is, I have to go home with these people. And they are not nice people. Okay? So it will be a week long of, man, that was stupid. If everybody doesn't run and get their kids and come back, and we just have one big crowd, and we all have a piece of cake, and we have a lot of fun. Amen? You know, I want to invite everybody back at four. It's going to be a beautiful service. Uh, it's before everybody gets with family and all that kind of stuff. There'll be, everybody will have candles and everybody will, will have communion time and we'll have cookies and, and carols and all that kind of stuff. It's a little more traditional than this. Now, I love this. Don't get me wrong. I love the modern stuff. But the bottom line is, why do you sing the verses and then change the chorus, man? That just messes me up. I'm all ready to go, no way. Okay, I'm feeling kind of stupid right now. You know, but, um, but yeah, girls, if you want to put the scripture on the, on the screen, uh, that would be great. A couple of weeks ago, I was wondering, what do I, what do I teach on, on Christmas Eve? What do I, what do I teach on, on that morning? And, and, and somebody kind of said to me something that just kind of hit me funny. And basically what they were saying was, well, 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 God ought to. And I was like, I want you to look at the person next to you and say, God don't owe you nothing. <laughs> I know the school teachers just had a heart attack. But guys, you have to understand something. God doesn't owe us anything. Okay? Everything he has ever done or will ever do, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He, he just didn't have to. You have to understand, he is the creator, God, king of the universe. He is, he is sovereign. Definition of sovereign is, he is in charge. Whatever he wants, he get. Whatever he says, that's it. It's like in my house with Lisa. Whatever she said, she actually taught J.C., Mommy's always right. Okay? Ladies, take, no, take your kid. But, but you have to understand, he's the, he could have, instead of doing all of this Christmas and life and death and resurrection stuff, he could have just decreed from heaven 
Done. You understand what I'm saying? You know, but we really do. And sometimes, if we're not careful, church, we teach that God ought to. Or God owes us. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I've been sick all week. I'm just going to get a drink of water. Look like the president. Ah, he wasn't smooth either. The, he doesn't owe us anything. The focus this morning is he didn't have to. But he did it because he wants us to understand that he understand. He didn't have to be conceived in a young little virgin girl. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. Think about this. The creator God of the universe went through a nine-month gestation phase. That's when you're in your mama's belly. Okay? He didn't have to. All right? I mean, why, does, why did God, the creator of the universe, have to go through all of that? It's kind of crazy. It's kind of, kind of almost goofy if you think about it. He didn't have to. He didn't go, have to go through. Now, I'm not a woman, and I've never had a baby, but I've been there. And they tell me that's quite a traumatic experience for the mama and the baby. Is that true? She must have had a bad experience. She was right, yes. One amen or nothing, yes. He didn't have to go through that. But he did. Because he knew we did. And he understands. Okay? He didn't have to be an infant. Right? And he didn't have to go through those. Could you imagine? How do you deal with Jesus in the terrible twos? I mean, you know, you what? Did Jesus have the terrible twos? You know, who knows? You know, you know. Kind of tough to to deal with that. He he went through adolescence, but he didn't have to. He he went through puberty, teenagers. Okay, that when you are absolutely hormonally imbalanced, okay? He didn't have to, teenagers and adolescents and young people, but I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. He didn't have to, but he did because he wants you to know that he understands who you are, what you're dealing with, how hormonally imbalanced you are and what that means. Are you with me? He didn't have to. But he knew each and every one of us had to go through that period ourselves. He didn't have to surround himself with a big bunch of knuckleheads. That never got him. They didn't. They never understood who he really was. 
They, they, they never understood what he was really teaching. They never really understood what he was saying. He ne- they never really understood his place in this world. He, he, they, they, just, they just never got it. His major knucklehead, Peter, the night before he's going to go die for us, Peter decides, I don't like your methodology. I don't want you to go die. I want you to understand, I'll go with you. You don't have to worry. You're never going to be alone. Did anybody know what Jesus said to him? Get behind me, Satan. They just never got it. They just never understood, you know, that that two of the the disciples, two of those knuckleheads, actually had their mommy go talk to Jesus and ask if they could sit on his right and left when they got to heaven. I mean, seriously? He spent three years. If I spend three years, if I spend three days mentoring somebody, they better be better than that. That's just, you know, it's hard. That's very, very hard. But he surrounded himself with these people who never really got him and never really understood and never really got in sync with him, at least before Pentecost, before his death. He didn't have to do that. But he knew. That you and I are surrounded by what? Knuckleheads. Amen? Anybody here not surrounded by knuckleheads? No, seriously. All of us have people. We're like, what's this? Where's their head? You know, what, what's that all about? You know? He, he, he didn't have to. But he did. And we'll talk about but he did tonight. He didn't have to suffer the way he suffered. He didn't have to give himself over to that out-of-control government that was in power at that time. He, He didn't have to have people kick him and spit on him and tear out his hair, and put a, put a thing over his head, and punch him in the face, and make fun of him, saying, well, you're so great, why don't you tell me who just punched you in the face? He didn't have to. He didn't have to go through all of that pain and suffering that he went, went through leading up to the cross where they did such awful things to him. He didn't have to go through that extraordinarily excruciating mental, emotional pain and struggle that he went through leading up to and on the cross. He did it because he wants you and I to understand that he understands. That no matter what you are ever dealing with, no matter what kind of pain, 
no matter what kind of mental, emotional disappointment or depression you may be dealing with, no matter what you may be dealing with, he understands. He cares. He's right there for you because he loves you. I think of the loneliness that Jesus went through. You know, the night before he died, all the disciples were saying, oh, you never have to worry about me. I'm the man. You, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm right here for you. You can count on me. <laughs> and as soon as Judas came, what'd they all do? They all went running like little, little people. I was going to say little girls, but I didn't want to be sexist. They went running away, you know. And, and, and can you imagine being with these guys for three years, and they're saying, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And while you're struggling on the cross, your main guy, Peter, somebody says, oh, you were one of his disciples. And he looks at her after the third time and starts cussing at her and says, oh, I didn't even know the guy. And Jesus looked right at him. And he knew it. But can you imagine the disappointment? Can you imagine the pain of that loneliness? Can you imagine the disappointment, and he didn't have to go through this, of being with a man for three years? And the night before Jesus died, he takes 30 pieces of silver, leads a band of soldiers out, and kisses you to let them know this is Jesus. Could you imagine that disappointment? Could you imagine that loneliness? Could you imagine that pain? Could you imagine? He didn't have to, but he did that because he wanted you to understand that he understands when that friend that you thought was so steadfast, that person that you thought you were so close to, when that spouse that you thought was going to be with you forever turns on you and sticks a knife in your back, what Jesus was letting us know is, I understand I've been there and I'll be there for you when that happens to you he didn't have to die I mean you can get theological and say oh yes he did but that's that's not my point he didn't have to die that process was hard That process was painful. They say it was probably the most physically painful death in all of human history. It's ugly. It was excruciating. They're making fun of him while he's up there on the cross dying for them. 
he went to the end. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He looked at them, and he looked at his mama and said how much he loved her. And then he looked up and said, it is finished. Everything I needed to do for you, I have accomplished. And he breathed his last. He didn't have to. But never forget this. He did it because he wanted you to understand. When you or those around you go through the death process, he understands. He's right there with you. He's right there for you. He's already gone through it. And he can provide for you anything you need to see you through that process. He didn't have to. Our passage of scripture is, rather, he made himself nothing. He didn't have to. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made like you and I. He didn't have to. But he did. Because he wants you to understand that he understands no matter what you're going through. Next verse. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. I heard a story a few weeks ago about a a SEAL team member who um, was in a a firefight and um, a grenade was launched in his area. And, and the fellow that was telling the story said he could have thrown himself down a flight of stairs and saved himself. But instead, he threw himself on the grenade, laying down his life for his friend. And he died, but they lived. And I don't know about you, but that gives me goosebumps. And you know why that gives me goosebumps? It's because that's how each and us, each and every one of us was created to live. We weren't created to live for self, 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 stuff, 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 me, 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 me. We were created to live. Like he or she didn't have to, but they were willing to. And then the last part is this. That's why after he died, he rose again. You see, sometimes I wonder whether I would have the, the wherewithal. I would have the character. I would have the ability to lay down my life for others. Whether I would really have the ability to be the one that they say, he didn't have to, but he did. 
I want you to understand, that's why Jesus rose from the grave. To give you and I the power and the courage and the impetus to live like him. To be willing, instead of going out here and wondering how I can get for me. Instead of going out of here and saying, how can I have what I want? Instead of going out of here and saying, oh, how am I going to hoard more stuff this week? Instead of going out of here and saying, well, you know, uh, I didn't deserve that. You know, you ought to, everybody ought to start blaming everybody. He died and he rose again to set an example for me of exactly who I'm supposed to be. And in rising again, he gave me the ability to be that person. That's what Christmas is all about. Don't get me wrong. I I love the I love the gifts and stuff. I love giving them. I love seeing them. I, I, I love the bell ringers. I love all of it. I don't give you I love Santa. I love candy. I love cookies. I love all that stuff that I'm not supposed to have as a diabetic. I, I really do. Come on up, kid. But please, I beg you not to miss the real focus and meaning. Of Christmas. He came to live to show us how to live. He came to die to show us how to die. Amen? He came to love to show us how to love. He came to set us free so that we can go out there and let everybody know you don't need to be stuck in that mess you're in. You really don't. Amen? He came to show us how to live. And the way we live is he or she didn't have to. But they did. Because that's who he was. And that's what he did. Let's stand. Father, help us to remember our focus this morning. Help us to remember in all the celebration and all the fun and all the food and all the family what the example you came to set for us. That you didn't have to, but you did. Because you love us and you desire to show us how to live. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. We'll sing joy to the world. And then don't forget, run, get your kids, and come back there and make me look good, okay? God bless you.